You're listening to the Pedal Pumping Podcast, the podcast that explores all things pedal pumping with your host, Mimi Footnip. That's me. I don't know why I'm talking in this weird voice, maybe because I just say the same thing on every intro, but I'm a pedal pumping content creator. I'm a foot model. I'm a sex worker. And you can get links to my photos, videos, social media, YouTube channel, all that good stuff on my website, mimifootnip.com. You can also email me at mimifootnip at gmail.com if you have questions or stories for the podcast or you just want to say hi, things like that, feel free to email me. I also have a Patreon. My patrons support this podcast and they uh, are Tevin, Joe, Jim, Riker, Michael, DBM, Not a Golfer, Sheldon, Rayshon, Stephen, John V., Eric F., Eric J., and Cranking Fan. And if you want to join our Patreon community, feel free. You can. Uh, it's at patreon.com slash Podcast. Sorry, I don't know why my brain is kind of only half on today. <laughs> this is the last podcast of the year. And honestly, I am pleasantly surprised but nonetheless surprised that this has been going on for as long as it has been going on I think I started gosh I want to say the first podcast was March 18th but don't quote me on that date it was March of this year 2021 and every single week without fail I have managed to slap together a podcast and post it at noon on Thursday on Spotify and all the podcast apps. I put some episodes on YouTube, but I'm a little behind and they're not all there. So if you want to hear all of the episodes, go to wherever you get your podcasts, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, whatever. I don't know. Um, But if you are doing that, I would encourage you to save or like or download the podcast. I'm not really sure how, but somehow that like helps the podcast it helps it grow or get more visibility or something I'm gonna take my watch off because it's making little noises all right uh so (laughs) this you can tell it's kind of a loosey-goosey week it is uh Wednesday night and I need to put this podcast together tonight and get it up by tomorrow so uh you know last minute me I want to uh, start the podcast this week with a question from Tevin, patron Tevin, and then I also have some emails that I'm going to read and react to. So first off from Tevin says, hi, Mimi. Hi, Tevin. (laughs) Here's a question you can dive into on a future episode. Have you ever had a shitty day at work or just a shitty day in any way, shape or form or fashion, and then To cap off your day, your car wouldn't start. Would love to hear that story or stories. I haven't really had a shitty day at work and then, you know, to cap it off with my car not starting. I mean, nothing really jumps out in mind. I mean, partly because for the last number of years, I've been working at home, so I don't, like, get off work and go to my car. Um, 
let me think. Prior to that, I was living in Taipei, Taiwan, and I didn't have a car there. I just rode the subway system around. So I had shitty days, but not when, not like going out to my car. Um, I also lived in Mexico for a bunch of years and didn't have a car there. Uh, but there was a time definitely where I was driving and working here in the Bay Area and I can't really think of, I do remember one time in the CRX and I have talked about this in other episodes where I got off work and this was when I was working at a local supermarket as like a bagger and I was pulling out of the grocery store parking lot and these two old ladies were pulling out of a liquor store across the street and they, um, and I actually hit them because they swerved, they like crossed all the lanes and crossed into my lane where I was turning and so I ended up hitting them. Um, but that's not the same as car trouble and car not starting, that was a car accident. Um, no, I really can't think of anything. If something comes to me, I'll put it on Patreon because uh, that could happen. Like I could be taking a shower tomorrow and like have some memory flashback, but nothing really comes to mind. So I hate to disappoint you, but I don't have a story about that. Okay, so <laughs> sorry. So let's take a break. Uh, the podcast will get better, I promise, after a quick break, and we'll dive into emails. What do you guys say? And we're back, so let's just start with emails. Hey Mimi, absolutely love your attitude and enthusiasm with all the videos and podcasts. Your PP is some of the best ever, very attractive feet and confidence in what you're doing. Clearly well-versed and a great sense of humor, equal to none. Is that enough brown nosing? Okay. <laughs> True story. 1976. I turned 13 years old. Man, what a time those days were. I worked as a farmer with my 45-year-old neighbor, Junior, and his 85-year-old father, Senior, and Junior's 16-year-old daughter, Cindy, who worked with us. Irrigating meant Cindy and I had to change water at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. every day. We had to roll at 5.30 a.m. Our farm was 20 miles away. Cindy was late every day. Cindy had a two-door 68 Olds Delta, a real gunboat, 7,500 pounds maybe, a car that floated on the highway, a big 455 rocket engine and a gigantic gas pedal that she was no stranger to pounding. No matter where she put her sexy little foot, it wouldn't cover half of the pedal. Bet there was an embossed print of Cindy's cute little foot in that big pedal. Cindy was kind of a little thing. She always wore her Daisy Dukes with a raggedy tour shirt, her underarm a pair of canvas keds, wearing a pair of these cool blue and black flips, thongs in our day. She never wore any kind of shoes when she drove. She was anal about her tan lines and wore as little as possible. I forgot to mention she was a good-looking sophomore and definitely had my attention. Remember, I just became a teenager. 
Cindy had beautiful legs and very pretty feet, always nicely painted red or black toes. What a hottie. I saw the speedometer in that old's buried under the dash many times. I suppose 125, 130 miles per hour. My eyes used to be glued on her pretty little foot, romping that huge gas pedal to the mat. I will never forget the sound of that big pedal getting pinned over and over. Man, I was moved with many unfamiliar, wild feelings. I'm pretty sure Cindy knew she was getting my gear running by this cute little smirk always on her lips. Especially when she'd hammer the gas pedal. Man, she loved to stomp that big pedal. The last four miles to the farm were country roads. She would always comment on how much she loved gravel. The big delta would just scream on the dirt. Cindy would hit the gas pedal so fast and hard that the big rocket would sometimes hiccup and backfire and die. As soon as she'd get the big wreck restarted, she would beat the poor wagon hard. When the big block would stay lit, that olds would rip. Big secondaries and the air cleaner lid flipped. It really roared. Jesus, she would go through a set of rear tires in a month. Easy. I would always tell Cindy to hit it, and she would let it rip. I'm sure she would be getting hot and working up a lather herself. The night Cindy or I didn't have baseball or softball games, we'd sometimes take the long way back to town. Gravel roads, a couple beers boosted from the cooler. Cindy always feeling kind of racy, not much over five feet tall, size six feet, golden brown drumsticks with stunning black toes punching the big gas pedal for all she was worth. I've had many pedal pumping girls since Cindy. She got me through the very early years and I will never forget her. I've been a diehard pedal pumping fan ever since 76. Bigger fan now than ever. Wish I could describe it. Farmed with Cindy and Junior for five more years. I enjoyed every year till I graduated in 81 and left for Fort Benning. So many good times. Thank you for all you do. Spoiler. Cindy broke my heart. Man, what a ride though. Steve. Thank you so much, Steve. I love this. I love this story. Uh, when you said uh, all your brown nosing, nosing at the beginning, thank you. Appreciate it. I do appreciate the brown nosing, you guys. <laughs> So thank you. Um, and I love true stories. I love fantasies too, but true stories are a lot of fun. And yeah, back when we used to call flip-flops thongs, when did that change exactly? Because I grew up in the 70s and 80s calling them thongs. And then somewhere along the way, thongs became underwear. <laughs> if anyone knows when that happened exactly, send me an email. I want to know. Uh, but yeah, she, Cindy sounds like something else. I had a cousin, I have a cousin named Cindy. She kind of reminds, this Cindy kind of reminds me of my cousin, Cindy. Um, definitely she's, she sounds like she's got a wild streak in her and I'm sorry that she broke your heart. That's, that's a bummer, but kind of predictable when we're teenagers, isn't it? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's those occasional rare cases of people marrying their high school sweetheart and living happily ever after but that did not happen to me uh or most people I know so I don't think it's unusual but I'm I'm super happy to hear that you've been a pedal pumping fan since 1976 that's great 
And I love your storytelling style. It's really fun. Please, if you have other stories, I mean, it sounds like you have more stories and more experience in puddle pumping. Or certainly more than I do because this is all fairly new to me. I mean, despite the fact you're saying like, oh, you're so great or you know what you're doing. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm learning from you guys. So send me your emails, all you seasoned pedal pumping vets. Um, <laughs> help, help a friend out here because really I am learning so much. There's so much to learn. Um, and I love how, I love how you describe the old cars, you know, like I saw on Instagram like a meme. I follow a bunch of pages that are like the good old days, you know, because I'm old now. And I mean, I don't feel old, but I'm of a generation past, I guess. And so everyone on the like that follows these pages are like into the nostalgia of like the 70s or 80s or whatever. And somebody there was like a picture of a bunch of like it was like some kids, like teenagers leaning up against like a muscle car. And it said something like, oh, the seventies, like something like crop tops and bell bottoms and hanging out with cool cars. Those were the days or some kind of nostalgic type thing. And I was like, oh yeah, the cars of the seventies, you know, like cars that teenagers were driving in the seventies were often like cars from the sixties or some, you know, if you were cool enough, you had a car, like a newer car from the 70s. Um, my very first car was a 79 Volkswagen. Those cars were just, I don't know, there's something different about those old cars, right? At least that's how I remember them. And it's just fun to hear you describe it. The, the Delta, the Olds Delta. I'm going to Google that. I want to see what it looks like. Hang on. Ugh. You guys, do yourself a favor and Google 1968 Olds Delta. You'll, you'll be in for a treat. It's a delight. I can totally imagine this. Just seeing the visual really brings this story to life so much. It's worth it. Just pause the podcast and just Google 1968 Olds Delta totally worth totally worth a pause in the podcast to feast your eyes on this old beast uh <laughs> anyway steve thank you so much i'm thank you for listening to the podcast and thanks for sharing your story and i i'm curious whatever happened to cindy but um maybe we'll never know sounds like it sounds like you had a great um great time as a teenager feel free to to write me with more stories the next email i'm gonna share is from eric and um it goes like this so mimi i'm working on catching up with all the patreon commentary it's a lot keeps me grounded and sane i think so last question was about tricking women to pedal to pumping pedals my nickel's worth is it is wrong from my standpoint, I simply wish the car to develop a problem, but usually it won't. I could use my automotive knowledge for evil, but I choose not to. I would be more afraid of getting caught and having the possibly lose a friend or get called out and be embarrassed forever. But the question I pose now is, 
what if it's your own car that you sabotage for your own enjoyment? You're not hurting anyone but yourself and your property. However, you're still getting enjoyment out of someone else's embarrassment or frustration. So is that wrong? Depending the circumstances, I'd probably say yes. It's just a shit thing to do to someone without them knowing what they're going to experience. In the late 90s, I had this 1983 Honda Accord sedan, called it the Brown Bomber. It was a gutless wonder, but it was my beater car. It didn't leave me stranded, but it was fun for the assholes in Oakland to break into. Anyway, I met this girl at my friend's wedding. He set me up without me knowing it. I was a workaholic back then, kind of still am. So he asked me to pick up his fiance's friend, Julia. She lived several miles from me and I said, sure. Julia had a driver's license, but no car. She was a live-in nanny, housekeeper, and gardener, I guess you could call it. I went to pick her up. She was very attractive, wore a short dark blue skirt, dark blue pantyhose, and blue four-inch pumps. So it was hard not to admire her. I worked so much, I didn't have time to even try to meet anyone. I was also young, and I was into making money to support my computer addictions. Gaming computers were built and upgraded constantly, never bought. So we get to San Francisco, we danced, sat, and chatted a bit, and when it was time to leave, we were the last ones out of the hall. I was tired. Staying up late at night playing video games and watching TV didn't help. So Julia asked if I wanted her to drive home. I said, sure. I already knew I had a pedal pumping fetish, but didn't know about what I was experiencing. Julia helped me load some of the presents for our friends, and I'd bring them to their house the next day. It was a big wedding. So my Honda was out there, ice cold. It usually fired right up most of the time. Just push the gas pedal one time to the floor. That's all it needed. Julia gets in and starts pumping the gas pedal before she even had her seatbelt on. I told her one or two times should be enough. She was probably at six or seven by the time I said something. So she turns the key, the engine starts cranking, and she's pushing the gas pedal again. I glimpsed over and she kept her determined look. Eventually the car finally gave up and started. She revved the engine a few times and then we were off. She drove like she was in a road race, fast, really fast for 1 a.m. going through San Francisco. I was too tired to really say anything, but I kept staring at her legs and got a glimpse of her right high-heeled pump when she tapped the brakes. When we got onto the Bay Bridge, she pushed the gas pedal hard and the poor Honda jumped forward and the poor engine was revving up and up. I finally asked, what's the rush? She said she just liked to drive and doesn't get to very often because she doesn't have a car. She borrows her employers when she does the shopping. So I said, well, just take it easy. It's too late to get the ticket at this hour. She said, okay, and slowed down to 70. As we get to the Caldecott Tunnel, she reaches down and takes her right pump off, and I notice her flexing her toes, then the gas pedal hitting the floor again. So I'm not a fan of bare feet. I prefer shoes, but with nylons on, it was a new experience to see. I didn't even think to feel bad about her not wearing heels anymore. She sped through the tunnel, and the car's now on the downslope at 85, so I said, you might want to slow down a bit. This car isn't built for speed. She said, okay, and pushed the brake pedal until the car reached 60, then asked me if that was better. I'm like, yeah, thanks. 
She drives back to her place and we switch. I gave her my business card with my phone number on it just to keep in touch. She called me the next day, asked how things were. After a week, things became more involved. We went out on dates, drove around at night exploring, and that Honda Accord was blessed. Don't know how that happened. The car itself wasn't big, but hey, I was young, and my first time wasn't complaining. During a phone call on late night, she asked me what I liked. Well, her educational background was psychology, so that explained a lot of the questions she'd keep asking. So I figured, I have nothing to lose. Not sure if her and I could even be a long-term couple, as she just wasn't inquisitive. She was needy. And me, still a workaholic. And I had obligations to people, and I intended on keeping them. But anyway, I told her about my pedal-pumping fetish. She never heard of it, so I said, I like high heels, nylons, and legs, and I like it when you drove us home from the wedding. She replies, I hate nylons and high heels. I like flat sandals. During the times we went out, she didn't dress up, per se, and it didn't bother me. A computer geek kid had a beautiful girl who paid attention to me and didn't judge. So after I told her what I thought pedal pumping was, she changed her dress style to suit what I liked. I never asked, but she accommodated and never complained. When I went to her place, her room was huge. Her family she took care of were out of town, so I got to see where she lived and worked. I get to the house. She's dressed in pantyhose and the four-inch pumps from the wedding, and above-the-knee jean skirt and a short blouse showing her midsection, which she always wore. That was a surprise. She showed me the house. We went to her room. I, of course, eyeballed the closet, which as open and full of shoes, mainly flat sandals. She opened the other side of the closet door and easily two dozen pairs of pumps. Nothing fancy, two to three inch pumps. She said, this is probably what you want to see, yes? I turned red. I felt it from my feet to my head. She saw it too told me it was okay that I needed to embrace what makes me feel good. Okay, so I felt better. Unfortunately, none of her shoes were appealing to me, just her four-inch pumps and these three-inch flat-form cork clogs of which she hated because they were too loose, but did wear when I asked. We dated for almost six months. Unfortunately, her true self came to light. The neediness, high anxiety, nervousness about losing me, I couldn't talk to any of my female friends unless she was in earshot for fear I'd cheat on her. It was okay in the beginning. I was scared that some guy would come and easily take her away. She liked to make me feel jealous, which I hated, and she knew I hated it and didn't stop. Each time we'd go out, she'd always wear the four-inch pumps, thigh-high suntan stockings, which she was happier to wear versus the pantyhose, and that jean skirt more than anything else. She knew it turned me on, and she was right. I'd ask her to drive most of the time, which she did fine. She wasn't the best driver out there. She'd hit everything on the road, maybe on purpose, so I'd be stuck at home fixing what she broke, and I couldn't go anywhere. She told me she ordered a pair of five-inch pumps, but I never got to see them. I broke up with her a day before her birthday. I felt like an ass afterwards, but I couldn't handle the neediness part. I suppose I was too young to deal with all that. But more, I would think about it. It was a relationship based on sex. For some, that would be all that'd be needed. For me, I just needed some space. 
They say you never forget your first. I hate to say it, but it's true. Sometimes she'll pop into my head if I see something that reminds me of her. Then I come to my senses quickly and go, stop. She'd have me put in an asylum because she'd make me insane. I don't know where the courage came from. The admit my pedal pumping and heels fetish. Maybe thinking that she'd laugh at me and never communicate with me ever again. And it wouldn't have bothered me since I had nothing really invested in the relationship at the time. I had a very close friend who inadvertently helped shape my fetish and made me into the person I am today. She also has a shoe fetish and loved to drive, not as much as with heels, just in general. If she was wearing heels that day, all the better. She was very happy-go-lucky. That story will be another day. Thank you for the outlet, Mimi. I needed to write someone today. Happy holidays, Eric. Thanks, Eric. <laughs> Happy holidays to you, too. I hope you had a good one, a good Christmas, and a happy new year. Uh, yeah, new year in a couple days. We're just starting a new year. Jeez, it's so crazy. Um, so let's get to your story here. I have comments, of course. Uh, the Honda Accord. I'm just scrolling back through the story because it's a long one. You write a lot, <laughs> which I don't mind. Not complaining. Um, I like all the details. Um, I'm just trying to see if you wrote the year of your Honda. In the 90s, you had an 83 Honda Accord sedan. The Brown Bomber. I love it when people nickname their cars. And I can totally picture it because I remember that like early 80s brown Honda color. My mom had a Toyota that was like a Toyota Corolla from like the... I want to say it was like maybe the mid to late 70s it was that brown color. It was like a popular... Brown was popular in like the late 70s, 80s. Anyway, I didn't realize you weren't a barefoot guy, that you're a shoe guy and maybe pantyhose or nylons guy. Um, so that I, that was interesting to learn about you. I... I'm an everything person. I like my bare feet, but I also, you know, I'm totally into shoes as well. Um, and, you know, when it comes to driving, I do like driving in shoes, but sometimes it just, especially like if I'm, if I've been out like dancing or walking or standing a lot, like if my feet are tired, then sometimes it feels really good to take my shoes off and just like drive barefoot and stretch my little toes out and that can feel really really good um but the problem with barefoot driving is I like to keep my feet really really clean and really fresh and so then my foot's like on the pedal I need a foot boy who is going to like come and scrub and clean the my pedals that's what I need like someone to detail the pedals of my car on a regular basis so that I can drive barefoot without worrying about my feet getting dirty. I'm just putting that like wish out into the world. Um, make it known. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Okay. So one of the things that you said in your story, and I will get back to the whole consent thing. I'll circle back around to that, but I want to point out how in the story, Julia, 
wanted to please you. So even though she said she hated high heels, she still wore them on your dates because she wanted you to be attracted to her. And she, and so this is kind of what I was talking about. I don't, I don't remember if it was last week or the week before about pedal pumping. Like if you tell, if you tell a woman that you're dating who is into you, if she's into you and she likes you and you tell her about pedal pumping, especially in that like phase of the relationship or the dating relationship where maybe she doesn't fully have you yet or it's, you know, kind of still new and in the beginning, not maybe too new. You don't want to scare people off with with too much information. But at that point where she really wants you to like her back, then, or or she wants, you know, she's not 100% sure if you like her. Like, it's not a done deal type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Am I making sense? You guys feeling what I'm, where I'm going with this? Okay. So you're like in that sweet spot in the relationship where you're still kind of both trying to impress each other. And you say, hey, baby, I think it's really hot when you rev the car like this or when you're, you know, it, I always think it's hot when cars don't start and I I think it would be really sexy if you were trying to like start your car and blah 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 and you told the woman that you're dating this and you say it in a way where you're like not asking her will you do this but kind of inviting her into your world and what you think is sexy like saying kind of like what you did with Julia saying like I think you know I have a thing for really high heels and blah 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 then she without you asking is like, oh, well, I want him to like me. So I'm going to do the thing that he likes. I mean, a lot of women, not hundred percent, but a lot of women will just do that because they like you and they want to please you. Women are socialized from the time we're little girls to be pleasing. It's part of this patriarchal bullshit stuff. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of like cons to the patriarchy. I'm not a fan, but you know, one of the things that, um, one of the many things that guys can like kind of sway to their advantage with it is the fact that like women are going to tend to, if they're interested in you, if they want to attract you, they're going to tend to try things on to please you whether they're going to try out like a a fetish that they've never heard of or they're going to wear shoes that are uncomfortable that they don't like they will accommodate and so just just understand some of the power that you have um as men you know just i'm just that's a free that's a freebie i'm just giving you guys that (laughs) okay (laughs) anyway I want to circle back to this whole like question of consent. I mean, if you want to fuck up your own car for your own sexual pleasure, I don't think that's a problem. Like I, I think that I agree. Like that's not really a problem at all. Um, it's your car. You want to quote sabotage it for your own enjoyment. You're not hurting anyone. Um, it's your property. Go for it. Now, are you doing that to get enjoyment out of someone else's embarrassment or frustration is that okay so like you're saying it's your car that you've rigged up and say you've you've said to your friend like or your whoever it is 
hey, you can borrow my car or why don't you take my car or let's go in my car, why don't you drive, I'm tipsy or whatever. And then the crank, say the cranking scene ensues and she's embarrassed or, you know, frustrated or upset that the car won't start and you're there with a heart on enjoying the whole thing. And she doesn't even know that it's like a sexual thing to you you're getting off on it and she's clueless about it. Um, and you've like set the scene up. It wasn't like it just spontaneously accidentally happened. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, Eric. I do think that's fucked up. I mean, why not just come clean about it? I realize though, for some people, the kink is the whole like the other person doesn't know know about it, right? Like I know people where like the kink is the fact that like you've uh ejaculated on their shoes and you leave it there for them to find right and so it's like you're not allowing them to consent but the thing that turns you on is like doing it without permission right so you know i understand that some fetishes involve that type of thing but I think you have to like you still have to obtain consent and say hey like is it cool if I surprise you with occasional ejaculate in your shoes the person has to say like yeah that's okay with me you know what I mean like on some at some point you have to maybe maybe you can make an agreement that like is it okay that sometimes my car doesn't start and that turns me on and maybe I've, you know, it's my car, maybe I've rigged it up that to do that. I don't know. I'm, I'm just a big fan of consent. Now, when it comes to fantasies and things like that, I, I you know, knock yourself out. <laughs> fantasize about whatever you want to fantasize about. I'm talking about real people. Like, harm to real people and some people would say like well what's the harm you know if she doesn't know and well it it there's harm if you're exploiting or using somebody for your own like sexual gratification and you're setting up situations like that it's just not okay it's ethically it's morally wrong so I'm going to stick to my guns on that one. And Eric, I agree with you. I mean, that was basically your conclusion. Like if it's, if you're getting out of enjoyment out of someone else's embarrassment or frustration, you said, depending on the circumstances. Yeah, I agree. I mean, maybe there are some circumstances where that, where that might be acceptable. I don't know. Run it by me. If you can think of, if, Listeners out there, if you can think of a circumstance or you're on the fence about a circumstance, I don't know, let's like talk about it because there is gray area, right? Like there are things that are debatable or where you could argue one way or the other. I think it's worth having the argument or I think it's worth like diving into it and asking the asking the questions I think the scary thing for most people is like I don't want to ask because I don't really want the answer you know what I mean like yeah maybe what I'm doing is wrong it is unethical and I but I want to do it anyway you know 
sexuality is powerful. It's, it's, you know, we have urges and things that we want and that we believe we need in some cases. And sometimes it's, it's, it can be dark, you know, there's some, there's some dark stuff. And so we have to really air it out, I think, like talk about it. And because it's when we don't talk about things that it really can sink its claws into us and we're in its grips, right? And then we're kind of powerless to the fetish. The fetish should be something that like we are in, in control of and it's something that we enjoy and get to pursue with pleasure and, um, you know, like with, with pleasure and love, like from a, from a place of, um, fulfillment and not like from these dark shadowy places. And so even the dark shadowy fetishes, I think can be brought to light if we can discuss it and talk about it. That's my soapbox for today, guys. (laughs) Again, I'm like, it's not sexy, right? That's the other problem with consent is like, culturally, we feel like consent isn't generally a sexy thing. It's like, it feels kind of like this obligation or like a contract or some like something we're supposed to do. I don't know. Nobody likes to be told what to do. Nobody likes to feel like they're obligated to get consent. Oh, that's so boring. But it is important, so I am going to like harp on about it. Um, And I'm also going to talk a little bit, do we have time? Let's see, how long is this podcast going to be today? Because I'm, oh, we're, we're, it's getting long. All right, maybe I'll wrap it up. But I do want to say, because this is the last podcast of 2021, I want to say thank you for everyone who has stuck through all these podcasts. Some I realize some of my episodes are better than others and I'm still kind of finding my sea legs when it comes to podcasting because I'm not a professional podcaster or speaker or voice actor or anything like that. I'm just someone who's kind of discovered pedal pumping and just wants to talk about it all the time. <laughs> And I, I just want to like talk about it and I want to find other people who are excited about it. And the pedal pumping community is amazing. Um, and I just, I love getting your emails, your voice messages, all of it. It's so much fun. Let's keep it up. My, I guess, intention, I don't really do resolutions per se, but I feel like my intention for 2022 is to, um, stay healthy. That's, that's, you know, maybe more important than ever before in my life. I want to survive the pandemic. Uh, and I want to continue on with the podcast. I want to keep podcasting. I want to keep exploring, you know, sometimes I like get on my soapbox about something, but I'm not, I'm not like the final, I'm not, I don't have the final word on anything. And my views evolve as I learn more and explore and grow with you guys. I mean, that's why I'm saying like, I'm inviting you, like bring up the gray area stuff. Let's like have the weird, hard conversations. Cause this is a, a unique opportunity for me. It really a unique experience to have conversations that we just don't normally have in our everyday lives. I mean, I try to have conversations with people. In fact, one of my 
dearest best friends um we met 30 years ago our freshman year in college and he lives in Canada now and he's here visiting you know because Christmas and stuff and um I was like, I want you to come on the podcast. He does not have a pedal pumping fetish or a foot fetish or anything like that. But I'm like, come on the podcast and like, let's talk about pedal pumping. He's like, I have nothing to say about pedal pumping. What the fuck? Like, so I couldn't convince him (laughs) to come on the podcast and talk about pedal pumping. But I still talk about it with him because, you know, anyway, I'm, it's late. I'm getting rambly. You guys. Thank you for such a fucking amazing year of puddle pumping goodness. You guys are amazing. I love you all. Thanks for listening. And we'll pick right back up next year. All right. Take care. Bye.